show on Rock 106.9. We have Candlebox tickets for you for their show, January. Hard Rock Roxino will pass those out around 7.30 this morning. Also, another four-pack of tickets for the Canton Charge, their game on the 25th. Fantone and I both in attendance last night at the Canton Charge home opener. Sadly, they fell to the Memphis Hustle. Now, here's the thing. That's bittersweet because I want the Charge to win every game I attend. I want them to win every game. Right. But... God damn, do I like the name Memphis Hustle. Like, yeah. I just like that name. Honestly, like, I may end up buying a piece of merch from the Me- from the Memphis Hustle. I just like that. They're one of the expansion teams in the G League this year, so this is the first time the uh, the charge has Shout out to the dudes. G League needing expansion teams. Like, uh, isn't that great? I think they're adding two more next year, too, and that'll give every NBA team a G League affiliate. Um, you know, we talked about it with John Holland the other day. It's just so different than... I know there's, like, a semi-pro basketball team up in Akron that just got started, but it's so different when it's the actual NBA product, when it's the actual, like, flow of that game and the feel of that game, and it's different than college. College. Obviously, it's different than high school sports, but man, it was dude, it was a blast last night. It sucked. It sucked. The charge loss. It did. It, yeah. was, it was a tale of two halves. Um, the charge was on fire. I think they put up sixty six in the first half, and dude, it just seemed like they they couldn't miss. They were just rolling. John Holland just shots falling in after shots falling. Eighteen in. at the half. A uh, friend of the program, John Holland had. And after after the half, it, it really turned into the struggles of defensively they couldn't get a stop and when that happens your offense suffers because of it and you're putting all your efforts down on defense and when it just you know it just seems like everything the other team's putting up it, it was it was it was frustrating but at the same time dude it was awesome last night i i would say a pretty decent crowd um a ton of Stansberry show listeners dude yeah we saw a lot of that i uh i i i, I anytime you go out into public and people say what's up to you you kind of like get that feeling of like all right man the show's catching on and we're doing all right and dude this doesn't suck and like next time Stansberry's losing well no his it mind, sucks they just like <laughs> it well next time Stansberry's losing his mind i can tell him like yo dude things are fine i was blown away last night i mean just just as i was standing there like welcoming people and how many people were like dude listen to the show every single day. You guys are the best thing that ever happened to Canton Radio. And I was just like, Damn, Well, that's dude. true. Just like, well, I mean, pretty low bar there. You know what? Honestly, 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 I don't want to say that in the same room where Freddie the Frog's at. True. Honestly, true. I was being, a, you know what I mean? I, I was getting a little carried away there. I do think this show's really, really good. But honestly, I, I don't want to kick dirt on that because Fair. that's a legit a legend who carved his own way here. Dude, RIP, one of the one of the best right there, yeah. Freddie the Frog. Um, other basketball news. Cleveland Cavaliers won third in a row last night, rattled off four out of their last five wins. Um, I, I know the team doesn't look perfect right now. I kind of was watching highlights this morning when I woke up, but Cavs haters, shut up, alright? They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. It's, I, I said this yesterday, it's like, you know, you got Kyrie and the Celtics kind of ripping off wins, you know, 13 in a row there or whatever, and I was like, you know, people are going to freak out, and there was the mentality where you lose the star, lose the trade, right. you know, and, um, and, and yeah, the Celtics look like they're playing right now, you know, really well right now. What I said yesterday, and I maintain this to be true, is that towards the end of the season, these two things will end up flipping on their head. And the Cavs will be hitting their stride, and the Celtics will have fallen apart, and they won't look good. And I still think that if you put them in the playoffs, LeBron's got the same team five games, four games straight. He's going to beat you. Basketball is much like baseball. It's a game of streaks. And football, very different in that sense, I yes. think. But basketball, baseball have the same thing. And when you look at the Indians, I think you see a fine indicator of like sometimes teams get really, really hot and go on 22 win, you know, 22 game tears. That doesn't necessarily mean that's going to end up winning a playoff series. You know, um, I haven't been paying a ton of attention because I haven't been able to watch a lot of games, but they say Kyrie Irving and James Harden, now it's early on, are your two front runners for, for the MVP, yeah, which welcome to. 
the NBA regular season because they know they got nothing else to talk about. Because the NBA right. regular season does not matter, has not mattered in a long time. And it's really about the postseason. And so, like, all season long, this all they do is talk about the MVP because it's the only story they got. Much like Browns fans have to talk about draft day next right. year all season long because it's like, well, dude, we've got literally nothing else to it's talk about. It's all you're about. hanging your hat on. Yeah. Um, another quick talking point since we're doing sports. The big sports fan, no network. Uh, Corey Kluber last night winning the Cy Young. Yeah, so yeah we're going to get into that around 9 o'clock. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, that was awesome. Uh, I guess a little... I don't know if it's going to smooth over the way they exited the playoffs this year for for people, most people. I know a lot of people were jumping off that Indians bandwagon, but, you know, Corey's pretty damn good. We'll get into that around 9 o'clock. What's the stories of Stansberry? What do you got? Honestly, man, I went to that game last night. I didn't make it all the way through. It was about the end of the third quarter, and I was like, all right, I got to get home. I got to get, you know, I got to try to get in bed. And I woke up, I saw the score, and I was like, damn it. I was thinking the same thing. End of the third quarter, your boy's like, all right, where's the pillow? I'm a little sleepy around I'm the time to go home. So, you know, that was, you know, that was good, though. I, uh, I enjoy those games. I was going to say, questions, comments, thoughts, observations, anything about last night? No, I, uh, dude, Kendrick Perkins is a big man. Jeez, dude, he's a giant man. So I, uh, man. I took a couple of photos of Kendrick Perkins, and I put them up on my Instagram, which I had, to, I had to start a new one, by the way. It's dan.stansberry. That was how you find me on Instagram. And I posted a couple of, of uh, photos of Perk, and man, was he big, dude! Yeah, a mammoth, a mammoth man, just just a giant. He uh, he's lost a little bit of weight too since he played yeah. in the NBA, but he's I, still just huge. I ran into our buddy Dustin in the crowd, okay, and we were talking about Perk, okay. And he was like, "Isn't that awesome, man? That guy's an NBA champion." Yeah, that's true. And I was like, "I think he should have to wear the ring while he dunks Boss on dudes playing. in the G League." <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, imagine that, dude. Here he comes down barreling down the floor, and he's got his championship ring on. Guys aren't going to be able to concentrate. At least like on a gold chain or. Something you know what I'm saying? Like Just a like turnover chain, running, right? As he's running, it's bouncing off of his. Yeah, chest. that would have been awesome. That'd have been awesome, right? Yeah, there. it was. Uh, it was cool to see him. He is honestly, he's mammoth. Yeah, he's like he, there he is standing like in the huddle or whatever, like on the bench with all the other basketball players, and he looks big standing next to them. Right, and that's something when when the average guy on that team is probably you know my size, six foot seven, six foot eight, and all of a sudden it was unbelievable. You know, yeah, he, he, he's a huge dude. Any um any updates on a uh, you know maybe a future Mrs. Stansberry? We saw a lot of good things in the crowd last okay. night, to be honest with you. Um, but no, no, all right, no, all right. All right. I, uh, I was, I was hoping. I was, I felt like it was an attractive evening last night at the Civic Center. It was, and I was, I was, I had there fingers were, crossed. Maybe as a matter of fact, I actually rode the elevator from the parking garage over with a pretty attractive woman. Okay, and uh, so we had a we had a conversation in the elevator, and then walking across the street and to our seats and all that stuff. And uh, you know, it turned out she was there to meet somebody, but uh, she was, you know, Not she you. was <laughs> she was pretty attractive. And uh, yeah, no, there was a there was a bunch of really good scenery in the crowd last night. Um, my girlfriend was joking around because she'll come to games and she usually just like will come for maybe a half or you know, like you maybe stay for the three quarters or whatever. And she's always like, I have to look like such an NBA groupie just sitting up here by myself. Yeah, she myself. tweeted it. Yeah, she's like, I'm just sitting up here by myself. Not even NBA, a G League <laughs> rookie, you know, groupie. It's like, dude, that's legitimately like uh, we have hit. Like probably rock bottom status in the groupie. Oh, I think you scenario. can go. I think you can go a lot, a lot lower, dude. Once you get into like, yo, I'm a buzzbin groupie like that. That's rock bottom. You leave those girls alone. Okay. I need those. I, I need those. So we do have Candlebox tickets. We'll pass those out every single hour on the program. We'll also have a thousand dollars. And coming up at nine thirty. Another celebrity has called Ric Flair out. Ric Flair's been running around the country telling everybody how many women he slept with. And uh, I know it was, uh, who was it? Ron Jeremy Mm -hmm. had come out and said, this is not true. There's no way this is true. Another celebrity has come out and is accusing Ric Flair of lying. 930 will play you that audio. 
Those Candlebox tickets are headed your way 7.30. Your first opportunity at $1,000 is right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BANK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BANK to 200-200. Rock 106.9. 1069. Welcome back to the Sands Show. Yesterday we had Canton Charge player, friend of the program, John Holland, on the air. And uh, he basically came out and said the NFL's not going to exist in like 20 years. And he laid out some pretty decent reasons to why he thinks so. If you missed that conversation, it can be found in the podcast, WRQK.com. I, uh, I, I mean, it's not a popular opinion in Stark County, obviously. Um, but it does not exist. I feel like that might be a little too far, but in our lifetime, not exist, maybe? I think you might see professional flag football before you see it completely go away. Okay. Because his thing was, part of his thing was the CTE issue. And I could maybe see, like, something like that, but I, 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 I... Go away? I don't know, man. Everybody always... You know, there was a time where golf was the most popular sport in America on TV, all this stuff, and everybody would have been like, no, this is always going to be the thing, and no, it's not. Not even close. Dude, like, and so, there was, like anything else, dude, BlackBerry once upon a time was the king of phones, dude. You know what I'm saying? Everything like, can be taken down a peg. Right. There's Everything. No, there's nothing that's like, oh, it's so big. I mean, look at baseball in this country. Exactly. Look at what happened there. John Holland laid out his reasons, and that's uh, online for you, WRQK.com. So is also, by the way, a uh, a good video of Dave Grohl helping out the Guns N' Roses there, belt out Paradise City. That was pretty cool. I like both those artists a lot. I thought that uh, I thought that video was pretty cool. Normally, Dave Grohl in a video oh makes God. everybody on the internet lose their minds. Which, I mean, I guess... You know, it's understandable when there's not a lot of rock stars left on the planet. There's not. And Dave Dave Grohl somehow or another, even in 2017, has like made himself this, you know, cooler than life rock star. If we find out he gropes women, I gotta tell you, dude, like I'm I might just hang up I might just hang up on the world. It, it's it's if it's not him, I mean it's somebody of his elk. If it's not him, it's Corey Taylor. If it's not Corey Taylor, you know what I'm saying? It's there's one of these dudes. Those really are like the two rock stars right now, huh? Especially now that like Lincoln Park dead, you know what I'm saying? Like Chester died. Yeah, Chester did die. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a little bit of that. Yeah, Mike Shinoda doesn't really have the panache. What are they going to do there? I don't know. Hologram? Or maybe they'll do what uh, what we were talking about yesterday with the uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Maybe they'll do it then, bring an unknown guy in. Maybe. Because you got to think at this point, there's plenty of uh, guys under the age of 25 and and have been listening to Linkin Park records since they were, you know, 10 years old and were in their bedroom practicing that voice and practicing those movements and practicing, you know. I don't know. I mean, at some point, doesn't just like the drummer, the guitar player, look at Mike Shinoda and be like, I don't know, dude, they they caused the last guy to kill himself because they didn't like the record now we're gonna bring a new guy in here and he's gonna have to take the beating for not being jester of course they'll the, the bass player will say yeah fine because it's gonna be like dude we need this money right we gotta go get you're paid. mike shinoda and i'm the guitar player i don't care if this guy dies who cares whatever we'll get Fair another point. one after that dude open yeah. tryouts yeah honestly i want to revisit that just a little bit there's uh you know stone temple pilots found a new lead singer apparently he was an x-factor contestant i listened to a little bit of it and i gotta tell you man he sounds pretty good it's not you know what i mean it's not like scott wyland was cool 
cool, but it's not like he was like a great vocalist. He was a great. He was, I would give him great frontman. I'm not necessarily sure great vocalist. Those things are going to mean different things. Is necessarily true. Do they have a new? It's a new song. It's him. It's, it's called Meadow. I hear. Okay, so it's yeah. not. It's not like him doing Cracker Man. It's him doing new. Yeah. Stuff. Well, okay. they have version. There's. Uh, Again, we have a video online, WRQK.com, and they have him singing a little medley. Like, there were clips of him doing Stone Temple Pilot songs. There's a reason why they came across him. And I said this yesterday, and it's like Twitter and Facebook already hate it, even though most of you haven't heard it yet. The opinions were, oh, my God, you can't do that. And I said this yesterday, and I maintain. Like, thank God you guys didn't have Facebook and Twitter when this was happening with ACDC. Otherwise, you wouldn't have ended up with Back in Black. You need to dial down the it's disrespectful or it's never going to be the same. And it may end up just being a tribute band, ultimately. Like Alice in Chains, right? You don't have Lane Staley. They still tour. They still do well. And I admit, when I saw them, I was like, this is the best Alice in Chains cover band in the world. But here's the thing. It was still pretty good. It was still pretty good. It was still, you could tell I wasn't in a corner bar listening to some band play right. Godsmack. You know what I mean? Like, this was legitimately a real thing. And I think the same thing's going to happen with Soul Double Violence. I think people got to relax. So yesterday in the studio, I don't know if we were on the air off of it or whatever, but there were a couple of people hanging out in here. And I floated this idea and was dismissed very easily no. by everybody in the room. It got laughed off like ridiculous that I should maybe spend my time doing some stuff like this. Okay. And we were talking about golf and then, you know, the winner's here and I've been talking about this and I, you know, I cut the cord and it's like, all right, what am I going to do all winter? And I floated the idea that I've been seeing pictures online of guys who listen to the program who are out doing this. And I was like, out of nowhere, it's been like a week or two. And I've never had a desire in my life to do this. Okay. But out of nowhere the last like two weeks, secretly I've been thinking about this. I said it out loud yesterday just to see, and Fantone laughed so hard at the mere suggestion of it that honestly I wanted to punch him all day. And honestly, I really feel like my hatred for you is what's going to get me out there to have me trying this. And I will admit right. that nothing that you need to do this do I possess. <laughs> <laughs> you need a ton, and I mean a ton of patience to do this properly, and I don't possess that. Not one of, one of your virtues there. No. You've got, you got virtuous qualities. Patience lots of them. is not one of them. No, patience is not one of them. It is not. No. But I had been thinking, maybe deer hunting will be it. And Fantones just looked at me. And even as the show was over, like, we're getting ready to leave, getting our cars. He's like, dude, you're not a deer hunter. I don't care whatever. Like, I'm getting in my car. Show's well over. And he still feels like, yeah, you know what? Let me drive this nail home. Well, dude, I mean, you're not. Let's be real. How do you know that? Because I know you. Because, dude, what are you going to do? You're going to go sit up in that tree stand for hours. I worry about that part. Hours. Well, there's a lot of parts I worry about. Uh, Dude, every part of it I worry about. I mean, because you climb the tree, right? Right, 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 right. (laughs) That's what happens. You got to get up there. But, okay, let's remove the tree stand out of the equation, dude. You're still standing there in the woods for hours on end, quietly waiting for something to happen. You're not looking at your phone. You're not, you know, involved in anything. And I know that to right now, you're like, well, that's why I want to do it. That's, yeah, that's because, totally because 20 minutes of that would be awesome. Like, right. I'm not sure four hours of it 
is me. And then four hours of it, and you don't even get a shot off. You don't even get anything. Yeah. Here's the other thing. And here's the big one that you got to get over. Okay. And I hate to admit that, dude, every guy who drives a pickup truck who hears me say this is going to go, pussy. And honestly, thanks for not turning off the radio station when I tell you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. I can tell you, dude, I can have that boat pulled back and be staring down a deer. And I think inside my brain says, dude, don't shoot it. It's an animal. And I don't think I don't think I have it in me. Really? My dad took me. All right. I talk about this. My dad had an Uncle Ray and they were down from New Philly and he had a huge farm in New Philly. And my dad took my brother and I when we were kids to go rabbit hunting on the farm. And there I was with like a little 22 or whatever it was. And I was pointing at this animal. And I was like, I remember looking at my dad. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and like my dad was like a big deer hunter his entire life. And that's why he never took me because he was like, I just don't think this is what you want to do. Like you, you don't want to shoot an ant. And I really don't. But for some reason, for two weeks, I've been seeing all these photos of these dudes in their masks and their, and their bows. And that's like, dude, that's man activity. And I want in. I want to be invited into man activity. Do you think, I mean, okay, so as an eight-year-old, you were a little intimidated about killing an animal. But, dude, at this point, you're 40. You understand the greater picture of, like, the relationship between humans and animals. You don't think you can pull the trigger? I don't know. That's. I guess maybe that's part of why I want to do it is like I want to see, see do I have it in it. me? See if you've got it, dude. Well, I mean. I but mean, it's an expensive hobby to get in. Those tree stands can't be cheap. Oh, dude. I mean, it's not like day one you're going to be able to go out there with like top of the line equipment without spending a thousand dollars. So like. I have yeah. to admit that, that primarily all of this is coming from here come the holidays. All right. And my dad loved this. And I guess I just want to see, like, we're alike in every other way. See how you could reconnect that? Yeah, I want to see, like, what was it about this? It must have struck the chord in him that hitting a really good eight iron does for me. Right. And that must be what it is. But there's just something about it that it's like, well, what am I, am I missing something here? Like, as I used to bust his balls, like, he would make me go to the store with him. And there he would be plopping down $40 for deer urine to pour on his head to stand in there. I'm like, dude, you're buying urine. That's the thing, dude, is you're going to do this. You're going to go all in on it because Stansbury won't half-ass I'm going to end up drinking the urine and axe. Well, like, dude, yeah, just like out of that Gatorade bottle when you were living upstairs and you didn't want to go down into, you didn't want to go down to the bathroom. Uh, but, dude, you don't half-ass things in the sense of, like, Stansbury just won't, like, dip his toe in to see if it's okay. He's either not going in or he's going I'm in. All, like, uh, yeah, I'm all, uh, yeah, it's either I'm on the deck or cannonball. So either, so either, either you're not going to do this and think about it or you're going to do this you're going to spend a thousand dollars on a gun and a bow and, and you're going to get the deer urine you're going to get the boots everything's going to be mossy oak everything and you're going to go out there for four hours you're going to absolutely hate it you're never going to get a shot off and you're going to be selling stuff on facebook marketplace dude i'm telling you i'm telling you jay says dude when you're yelling at the top of your lungs over the fact that you haven't seen a deer in five hours every other hunter's going to shoot you Jesse was like, dude, you're never going to find a deer. You're going to scare them all away with the scent of pizza oven and gelato in your trees. <laughs> That's true. That's probably true. I don't know if I could sit quietly that long. I know you could. Like, honestly, I'm a mover. Like, during the commercial break and songs, like, a lot of times, if I already know what's happening next on the program, a lot of times, dude, I'm just walking around the building doing laps, getting in the mode to do it again. Like, I have a hard time sitting still. But there's just something about it where it's like, dude, my dad really loved this. Spent so much time. Maybe it's just because my mom wasn't there. <laughs> That's probably what it was. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. In the-
The Stansberry Show. Or the god of your choosing. Best morning ever! Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.069. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online, WRQK.com. And coming up at 7.30, we'll get you into that Candlebox show. January, Hard Rock Roxino, we'll get you in. Speaking of uh, shows, so I'm going to see A Perfect Circle on Saturday. Oh, yeah. And I'm reading this article right now at blabbermouth.net. From a perfect circle guitarist Billy Howardell. Okay. Who is talking to the local Montreal newspaper about the band's strict no cell phone policy at all shows. Wow. He said, first of all, it's just rude. Putting up a phone in front of somebody else's face so they get to watch the show through it. He's like, that's rude. Getting a memento of the show, sure. I've done it myself, but then you ask yourself, what am I going to do with this? Yes and no, Billy Howardell. I understand why you walk away, end up thinking, what am I going to do with this? And it's because you're a world touring guitar player in a great band. Most people are just some dude going to a show. And so their Instagram being clicked constantly because of a photo they took of you is a big moment for them. Yeah, I mean, most people, if they're lucky, go to one or two shows a, a year, year, maybe. And that's dude, there's there's people who haven't been to a concert in ten years. So if they decide, like, hey, I'm coming off my hard earned money to to go to this show and take a picture of it, I get what he's saying, and I get artists who have this policy. I do, but at the same time, it's like, bro, I bought the ticket. I'm the one who's who's you know, I'm the yeah. consumer here. I I got to admit, like, I've always felt. There's stages of this, and by that I mean the smaller the venue, the more rude it is. Like, if you go to, like, the funny stop, right, and you got your phone out, and you're doing that kind of stuff, a comedian is, like, in front of a room that holds, what, three, four, five hundred people probably? I I don't know what capacity there is, but under a thousand, right? They're going to be able to notice. I'm not always sure that a guitar player in a band is going to be able to notice 15 rows back. Now, in the first couple of rows, I'm sure probably. But honestly, once you're playing arenas, I kind of feel like, ah, that's kind of on you. Yeah, but probably, I mean, I guess you could make the argument of, yes, but you're thinking about it from like one person perspective of like, all right, now the whole audience. Now, right, when 50% of the audience is sitting there with their phone out, I could see how that could be distracting, but like... Welcome to the world, dude. Well, were the lighters in the air in the 80s distracting? Um, no, no, because you know that's different between like, hey, throw your lighters in the air versus like sitting there on your phone, like going through things and like tweeting. And it's not like people, checking in with the babysitter and the like. <laughs> it's not like people are just going to take that one picture, snap it and be done. People pull their phone out and they start using it. So, do like, you do you feel like people go to shows and don't walk away with the same experience we did before? Used to. Yeah. I know I do, but that's but it's so different for me because like you You've said, been to a I've million been to a million shows. concerts, right. so it's probably I'm just jaded to it. I mean, I can remember going to concerts in my teenage years and like feeling that high, and I don't mean like smoking weed. I mean like just like feeling that high for days afterwards. Like, oh my god! It like it was like, dude, Cord was so good. Yeah, and it's and and now it's just like yeah, man, yeah. whatever. Like yeah, I was talking to your buddy Mike from the Charge about this last night. Okay, because I had good seats for that. Okay. And we were talking about, you know, other venues and the thing and the like. And I said, yeah, I said, sometimes I'll take friends to things. And they'll be like, do you just get to sit here? And I'm like, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you whatever. know what I mean? And Not it's like, the third quarter, I, you know what yeah, I mean? know what I mean? I take stuff for granted, but I, I, 
like, so I'm going to this show Saturday, and I will admit, I'll want to take a picture of these dudes. Now, I don't think my seats are good enough Saturday for me to take real good photos. I'm pretty much sitting up in the middle of nowhere, I think, for uh, for a perfect circle. But I just wanted to be in the building because I like them. I, I guess that argument can be made of like, well, how good is your seat going to be, or how good is your concert or your t- your picture going to be if you're sitting all the way in the back? But like, sometimes capturing like the the, the crowd is cool right, too, like the crowd and the size of it, and like the magnitude of what you're a part of there. So I get it, and I understand why you know why I guess. Like you're right, maybe like smaller venues or like certain concerts, like a classical concert. If you're going to see the orchestra, I guess I can understand why you wouldn't want to have your. I think it's yeah. I think the performance does have something to do with it. I think it's very for me. It feels more rude to do to a stand-up comedian than it does to do to a perfect circle. Right. It's hard to make this argument when you are like selling alcohol, like crushing beers. You're you know people are smoking. It's loud, right? And like yeah, stand-up comedy is intimate, and so and it's supposed to be about silent and that performer, and like again, like the theater. This would be very rude on, like, you know, at the theater and the like. But a perfect circle at CSU, like, they're right, ultimately. It's their right to do but, so, right. But I I think, yeah, it's uh, it's unrealistic to expect people to go back and not be able to do this anymore. And I would say that people do walk away from those mementos with that show, you know, especially, and again, it's it's our fault that shirts are as much money and tickets are as much money because we all spent a decade and a half stealing all the music, and so they have to make the money back somewhere else. So I get why shirts are 60 bucks, and I get why tickets are $100. I totally do. Can't steal from people and then expect them not to look to recoup that money. But I think it's a little unrealistic in 2017 to expect people not to have to not to be on their phone anymore. Like it would be nice, but we're not going back that way. Our president is fantastic at making headlines. He's awesome at it. And he went viral yesterday over something very ridiculous. I can't and this time it's not his fault. This time it's the country's fault. I'll explain next on Rock 106. Show Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 1069. Online for you, WRQK.com. And we have candle box tickets. We'll pass those out around 730. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. We were talking about cell phones at concerts, and uh, a perfect circle has a no cell phone policy. And my buddy wrote in via Twitter, says, dude, I saw Tool in Pittsburgh. Security was walking past people smoking weed just to bust the people with the phones. Jeez. That's what they cared more about. Wow. Interesting. I mean. Doug, a, a, a guitar player for the band The Party, was like, dude, I've played a couple of bigger venues, and you can't see past the lights in a big venue like that. He's like, they have no idea you're doing that. I uh, I love The Party, dude. That, They're such a good time live. The uh, that, that Party Like a Kennedy album has not left my CD player in, like, I don't know, forever, dude. <laughs> yeah, those, guys, those, those, those guys are actually really good at what they do. Pride of New Philly, right? Yeah, there. they're probably a little weird for their own hometown. Oh yeah, because they're totally strange. Well, but what else was New Philly gonna give you, dude? Yeah, <laughs> like, they're like New Philly's Wilson. Yeah, which if you know Wilson, that's a huge compliment. So there were a couple of things happening yesterday with the president of the United States, Donald Trump, and uh, one of them is that the Democrats have, ex- have actually now filed articles of impeachment against the president. And that will get hairy over the next few days. More and more information will be coming out on that. And we'll see if any action is taken in that. No, nothing's going to happen. I don't think, any, me personally, got, I don't think anything you've happens. You've got a, a majority in the Senate and the House of Representatives. Nothing's even close to happening. I don't, there, regardless what are in that, what's in those. Yeah, you know. I, 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 I listened to the video and I was like, I don't think there's much here. I really don't. I think but, they did it as like a, what do I want to say? More about the symbolism than anything else of like, we're trying, you know what I'm saying? Like, but they know they can't do it. That's what I think too. But then something happened yesterday where he was addressing the nation, the president was, and he paused to grab a water bottle, open it, and take a sip of water. 
And then the president went viral for drinking water while speaking. I don't get it. Um, the way he put the bottle to his mouth was kind of silly looking. I mean, it's silly looking. But so, but like nobody didn't include that in like the articles of impeachment. So no. Like, but I, I, just everybody up on their hill about what an idiot the guy is over drinking water while speaking. And I was just like, guys, th- I, I listened to a comedian. I wish I could remember his name yesterday who was talking about how when he brings up Trump's name on stage now, he feels the entire audience shift in, in how they feel. Sure. I mean, we don't feel it because you guys aren't in the room with us. But anytime we talk about it, I know things are different. And he said you could feel in the audience. You better say you hate him right now. You better say you hate him. And his whole thing is, dude, the more everybody tells me how awful he is, that if he's anything short of that, that I'm going to end up walking away thinking he's not so bad. And I think he, the guy's making an excellent point here because Newsweek, Newsweek ran a headline yesterday that said this. Here's scientific proof that Trump's hands are too small to hold a water bottle like a normal adult. Newsweek. So, as in in the articles of impeachment are discrediting the news media is one, one of the things they list. This is the news media he's trying to discredit here. Do you, now, I didn't read the whole article, but I know there's not scientific proof his hands are too small to hold a water bottle. I've seen him hold water bottles with a much better grip than what he did yesterday during this. It might have just been an awkward moment in being a human being. Welcome to it. We all have them. And this is like, I didn't vote for this guy. Probably will not vote for him again when we go to vote next time around. Okay? But the more you do this kind of stuff, the more you're going to bolster the people who do like him. And you're also, in my opinion, you're going to switch people over to that side who are going to get sick and tired of hearing about how bad he is. Who ultimately look at him and go, well, all right, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't agree with that, and I don't agree with that. But my life really hasn't changed all that much, so this guy's not that bad. And I think you're going to push people over to that side. I think you got to be careful about this stuff. Yeah, I mean, Newsweek, not necessarily the most reputable news organization in the face of the planet. But yes, as, as you are a member of the news media, like, yes, you you, you probably should have a higher standard there. And a I much agree, higher standard I, than that. I, I agree with all your points of like, well, the dude it looks silly. You in a water bottle but like isn't there a little bit of uh, dude i thought i thought what are you offended for what are you so hurt about what words can't hurt you like who cares who cares if somebody thinks he looked dumb because it kind of did well like, he did kind of look dumb i just again i think it's just it's becoming exhausting now it's becoming the boy who cried wolf it's literally everything the guy says and does Everybody just makes like the most hateful, stupid, ignorant thing in the world. And in reality, it's not. And in the end, I think you're hurting your cause. And meanwhile, dude, I've been saying this since he won. Who's the Democratic heavyweight that's going to go up next time and win? Because right now, it looks like they're pushing Joe Biden back to the front. Which, if you've seen that clip that people have put together of three minutes of him inappropriately touching women on stages, I doubt that's going to be it, guys. Well, I mean, I would say yes there that like, yes, that would be a problem. But at this point, I mean, your side seen- has the standards that the other side doesn't, though. And I think moral I, high ground. You think Democrats have I that think over Republicans on this issue now? I think they're going to have to have it because of what's happened in Hollywood.
Yes. I'm, su- I'm surprised to hear that. I really, I, I, I really do. Th- I think you will see that issue flip on its head. As you're watching Republicans get the back of Roy Moore, I think, you, honestly, Democrats are going, oh, my God, dude, Hollywood's falling apart over this issue. We're watching other things happen over this. I think on this particular issue, you are going to watch the moral high ground switch sides. I do. I think maybe I, I might be right on that. Look, I'm not sure what Biden did was awful, but... I know that video is already circulating, and I've been asking where the heavyweight is, if, if, and they don't have one. If that video, it's just if that video didn't affect, if, if the video of Trump didn't affect Trump, it's just like I don't you know, think his voters get shaken by stuff like that. And I think the dude, you would, right? You're you're a Democrat, you're a liberal. Are, are you uncomfortable by that video? Am I going to am I going to vote for somebody I view as a sexual predator? No, I'm not. See, there you go. God, if that is the line of what separates Republicans and Democrats, dude, this country is effed up, dude. This country is effed up. I think this country's been effed up for longer than we want to admit. And what's happened now is we all now can exchange opinions faster than ever before, and we're starting to, oh, yeah, that's right, and oh, I forgot about that. And more information gets drugged up and shown in your face from five, ten years ago, and well, even five, ten weeks ago. And it's we know more now. We see more now. And I, I think that's part of it. I think the country's always been this screwed up. I really do. I just think we're noticing it more now because we're all talking about it. It used to be only, like, and I hate to use this, serious adults talked about these things. Now everybody in the world are, is talking about them. That's the difference. The country's always been this screwed up. That's my opinion. We have $1,000 up for grabs every single hour. Your next opportunities right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. We have candle box tickets. We're playing January. Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park. We'll get you hooked up here momentarily. one 800 243-7625, the number you'll need on those. And then coming up at 810, your next opportunity at $1,000. We'll take care of that holiday shopping for you. Which, is it next week is yeah. Thanksgiving? A week from today, dude. A week from today. Dear God. So that's good news. Next week, short week for us, homie. Yeah, no, I do like that one. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's the only time we'll be in next week. Yeah, we're off both that, uh, both that Thursday and the Friday. Night. I like how our company has just like given up on people coming back to work after Thanksgiving. And they're like, ah, screw it. We'll give you Friday off, too. It's not like we took that day off. Well, I believe the first Long Haul Against Hunger we did the first year was on Black Friday. Was it not? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm pretty that sure that was Black Friday. And then, uh, but we have now moved that to December the 1st, actually, and we'll be up at the Giant Eagle on the Strip from 6 o'clock in the morning till 7 o'clock that evening, taking cash and food donations to benefit the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. We've done it every year. Uh, it's been a smashing success every year. People are going to tell me early, do not steal the mac and cheese. Do not. No, I'm doing it. Do not steal I'm stealing the mac, mac and, and cheese. cheese again. Well, good. You know what? If, at the very least, I'm glad you're going, you know, the Louis C.K. route here and admitting that you did that, that it's no longer, no. I borrowed it. Dude, it's stolen. Don't, don't, stolen. don't link me to, to I mean, seriously, right. you're going to, li- right. that was That's unfair. Fair. That's fair. You're right. I mean, dude, as people are just driving in their car, three minutes of radio on the way to work, oh my God, did he just say Stansberry Louis C.K. someone? Stansberry Louis C.K. over there just doing his thing. No. Keep it in your pants, Stansberry. No. no. Well, when you bring the macaroni and cheese around. <laughs> Good it, God. It may be hard. Stop it. Stop it. Back it to off. To keep it in that. Yeah, back that's it not. Off, back it off. Oh, my God. 
How do I get out of this? <laughs> All right, we start the whole thing. And we have to here because honestly, we're we're about to talk about something that's not a joking matter at all. Okay. Where family and friends rallied outside of Perry High School on Wednesday, who say they're heartbroken and upset about how school leaders responded to three students all from the same school t- uh, taking their lives this year via suicide. Yeah. The district has created programs to address suicides, but the families say that they were not included in the conversations and that they want their voices to be heard. And I would imagine that's how you would feel. You have a unique view into this, right. so maybe ask me how this happens yeah. or, how, or, how, or where we go from here. I, I think anything that comes to school decisions, families are going to need to have their voices heard, especially in a situation like this. Parents of other students were at Wednesday's rally and said kids are still being bullied. This is from News5Cleveland.com. The group hoped uh, to send a message to students that help is available outside of school. And they say here, it seems that since we've made this more public and had more media coverage on it, that they have started to introduce new policies. And hopefully that means they're planning on making changes in a positive direction. Uh, that was Emmeline Brown, a mother of one of the students who took their lives. The Perry School superintendent said that the district launched several programs to recognize the warning signs of suicide, trauma, and bullying. The student council and student leaders will also hold events to spread kindness on Thursday and Friday. I believe they're talking about today and tomorrow. I also read another article yesterday, and I would imagine that this is going to be a little bit true, where scientists are now starting to link for sure the rise of teenage suicide because it had like dropped off for like two decades straight. And they're now starting to link it to the rise of social media and that these two things are coinciding together. That teen suicide, those those rates are starting to come back up, and the popularity of social media. That they're they're saying you cannot deny that those two things are are headed down the track together. I think that's probably a fair assessment. I mean, you know, it almost feels easy to come to that conclusion. Yeah, and I think that you would have to, at the very least, follow that down the rabbit hole. And of course, you're going to kind of look deeper into that and what that means and how that can be used to. You know, prevent further further suicides from happening. I've, I've I've read about suicides being kind of an epidemic in the sense of one will start a chain reaction of people in your age group, people in well, your area, people you know. I've made this argument in the past, and I think that there's truth to this. I I also think that um, mass shooters are a little bit along the same line too, where people who are on the fence see how much attention somebody gets for doing something. And if you're desperate for attention, no matter what the attention is, it seems like good to you. It seems good to you. Right. And, and I think that that's part of it is that I think it, there is a domino effect here that happens. This is just my opinion. But I, I, I think that there is a domino effect where you, you, you take a teenager who feels like they're uh, – who uh, feels lost, desperate, and feels like they're not being heard, not being paid attention to. And then this happens maybe somewhere else, a state away, a school district away, somewhere like that. And all of a sudden, now all the attention is on that kid. And to somebody on the edge, what you're saying there is, oh, this is how I go get the attention I want. Right. Or this is how I show them they were wrong. This is how I show them this right. is, I shouldn't have been treated like that. This Multiple is, things this, are going to this, this is the answer that I get that. And how horrible that is. But I would have to imagine that the constant trying to keep up with your friends, as a matter of fact, in the article I read, They were talking to high school girls and they said, I just don't enjoy anything anymore because I feel like I'm being left out. No matter how much fun I'm having, I'm scrolling through Instagram feeds of my friends. And if I'm not where they are 
It makes me feel awful. And it makes me feel like they chose not to invite me. And why am I not in this photo where all of my friends who are having fun? And she's like, it's not that they chose not to invite me. I just happen not to be there. But you feel so left out and isolated over it. Did that not exist 20 years ago when you found out on Monday that everyone partied on Saturday? I think the constant driving home of the imagery of it might be worse. Okay. Okay. We're adults. Uh, Yeah. And so sometimes it's hard to put yourself back into the mind of a 16-year-old. Like, sometimes I'm a little guilty of like, oh, God, get it together. But at the the end of the day, when you're 16, you only care about from here to here. Like, there's your peers are your world. I understand the school board and the school is in a tough position here. And I don't think it's necessarily fair to, like, point at those people, the administrators and the teachers, and just be like, this is 100% your fault. Um, They're going to go with what they think is best. And if that's contrary to what fans families think is best or what what the community thinks is best or or even, you know, what the students think is best. I understand that puts them in a really tough spot because we're sitting here trying to figure out what is almost an impossible problem. You know what I'm saying? Yes, there's going to be there's going to be, you know, strides we can make towards less suicide and hopefully, you know, a better understanding of it and being able to prevent it. But it's 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 a very, very tough thing that we're talking about here. So I, I just know there's going to be, you know, that reaction from from Facebook and Twitter and it's like, dude, the school board sucks and they want dead kids and oh my god they're wow. the worst and it's just like, guys. Which is of course crazy. Right, and it's like, well that's the whole thing is like, nobody nobody involved in this equation wants this to continue. Nobody, nobody I can't imagine. Nobody's sitting there, no, I can guarantee you, the superintendent's not sitting there Perry School's thinking, boy, I hope more kids kill themselves. Guaranteed no you. No, that's so the like, fastest way for him to lose Everybody's Everybody, everybody, and dude, he you're or her, human, I don't know. You're a human being and you don't want teenagers to kill themselves, I hope. They, the teenagers under your tutelage, the teenagers that you're responsible for on a daily basis. I hope it's not just that he, him keeping his job. I don't know what I don't know what people really outside of punishing people who have been caught bullying. I don't know what are schools supposed to do. I guess maybe uh, I don't. I mean, what's not, I, not, I, I don't know what the answer. Maybe it's is. not just punishment. It's maybe like how do we avoid that problem from happening? And yes, bullying will always happen. But how do we minimize it? How do we how do we you know minimize the the negative effects that it has on people? How do we stop that from happening? I guess that's part of the equation. But I know I blame social media a lot. And I know I'm real quick to blame it for a lot of the world's problems, but I do believe it is responsible for a lot of the world's problems. And you can't tell me that for two decades straight, teen suicide had plummeted. And now all of a sudden, in the 10 years that social media has risen in this country, that the, the, that the rates are back on the rise. I can't deny that. I, 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 you, can never get, you can't convince me otherwise. And if I was a parent, they say here, these two teen girls, actually, I believe it was Colorado, are started this like digital out program where they're starting programs in their school where teens get together and go do things without technology like they're going on hiking trips together and they're you know they're you know they're doing things in the community where where they don't use their phones and I think it's smart and if you're a parent of a teen I would urge your kids to be involved in things where they're not staring at screens all day if social media is what caused this spike to happen what caused it to be so high 30 years ago you know That's a I good mean? question. Like, I, I don't know, but I think there are probably different things in different times that, that cause pe- people's depression. You're always going to have it. 
but you can't. I cannot deny that it had dropped off dramatically. I think it was something like 45, 50% it had dropped off over the last two decades. And now in the rise of the last nine years of social media, it's now skyrocketing. Now, other people are pointing at shows like 13 Reasons Why on Netflix, which I guess was the show about suicide. I have not yeah. watched it, but I know a lot of, you know, there were a couple of suicides that came out right after that and people were kind of you know, associating with that. And I guess maybe that was probably true. But what hap- what's happening more? Your kids checking their Instagram timeline or watching 13 Reasons Why? My guess is they're, they're attached to Snapchat and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram more than they are on their Netflix. Can somebody make the argument of if your kid is, you know, if, if, if Instagram, and I don't, I don't mean to mean use triggered in like the, the, the way it's used now, but if Instagram was enough to trigger your child to do this or a child to do this, wouldn't something else eventually do it? Well, what they're saying, again, a, a guy who commented on the article, I think, brought up a really good point. And he said, you know, I'm a child's therapist and I believe that parents have done their kids no great justice in telling them that, you know, he's like our generation grow up hearing sticks and stones will break your bones. Words shall never hurt me. And now kids are taught if somebody hurts you with their words that you are, in fact, hurt. And so they're kind of talking about the fact that we're kind of pandering now and we're not teaching kids to kind of have that resolve. So, I mean, should I don't want to say like should be. I think it's a combination of both. Should bullying be encouraged? I don't know. No, you can't go that far. But there's a little bit of we have kind of taken a generation of kids and have treated them softer than we used to. And it does seem as if if kids today are less tough. I don't know if that's true, but it looks that way and it's perceived that way. We're two idiots on a radio morning show, dude. No, we don't know what's true and where suicide answers lie. No. And no and like, but, I, but looking around at the way I have friends who are raising kids and they are being raised less tough than those kids, than those, than my friends were raised by their parents. And I, that's what every generation does is you try to be a little bit better than where you came from and you will make mistakes in that sometimes and i don't know if this is all of it but i do believe that we have coddled people a little bit trying to be better and in an attempt to be a better society we have done that and maybe have gone a little too far but i think that those two things go hand in hand i think that i think the addiction to social media and validate me tell me i'm popular show me i'm cool has led into teen depression i, I just you'll never get me knocked off of that i feel like i'm a reasonably intelligent person that's and fair. i feel like that's an easy easy thing to stumble across. I didn't need scientists to tell me that. I feel like I can be able to spot that all on myself there. We'll pass out Candlebox tickets. Also, Drake has got some words for people in his audiences. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you guys, Stansberry here for North Canton Collision. The folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. North Canton Collision is an insurance claim specialist and they repair every make and every model. And they also have stated the art paint technology so no matter what type of accident you've been in they can get your car back in pristine shape call my buddies jeff alex woody or jason for a no cost estimate at 330-499-5171 or find them online at northcantoncollision.com for more information north canton collision the folks you call if you've been in a collision big or small oh six nine Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We'll pass out those Candlebox tickets here uh, momentarily. I um, Unfortunately, we ran off 
at the mouth a little too long in our previous segment that I don't have a ton of time on this, but I there's something interesting happening, and I've been talking about this over like the last week, week and a half or so. There's a sexual harassment awakening that's happening in this country, and there probably needed to be, as we're seeing now. I think there's now like a London theater found like 20 more allegations against Kevin Spacey. So apparently this needed to happen, right? As yeah. this is like running rampant, right? Sure. And so Drake is a rapper, and he was on stage, and uh, we've seen a couple of musicians do this recently, um, where he kind of saw something happening in the crowd where a woman was being grabbed inappropriately, and he was like, hey, man, I'm going to come out there, I'm going to F you up, and all that, right? And that's great, right? I think that if you're in a position like that, and you see something, calling somebody out is probably the better thing to do. I think pretty much in any situation where if you see something like that happening, I think you... I understand that you don't want to put yourself in a situation that's not necessarily involved to you, but like I don't know, I'd feel some sort of responsibility. No ground to lose here, to you know, these days on it. You're you're only right. going to help yourself with the social media retweets and the like. However, I think you were going to see something happen over one of these issues down the line that's going to put an artist in harm's way, and it's all going to depend on the crowd. But I think at some point, what you will see. Is because these artists now will stop shows. They'll ask like the lighting director, the LD is what they're called, to like put the spotlight on where they see it happening, essentially isolating the person who did this. Right. So what's uh, what's going to happen eventually at a concert? Then the mob mentality will kick in. People will want to look to do the right thing, and ultimately it will lead them down the path of doing the wrong thing, which is eventually. The wrong crowd is going to stomp one of these people to death mid-show, and now the artist is going to be liable because they were standing up there, putting the spotlight on something, addressing it, and a courtroom is going to look that as in you then orchestrated the the stomping and the murder of somebody. I'm telling you an artist is going to be in court over that within the next five years. Mark my words. I mean, if you're instigating violence, uh, pointing a spotlight on it, I don't know if that's necessarily instigating violence, but I, I mean, yeah. If somebody dies in a crowd because of you stopping the show, pointing a spotlight on them and saying what they're doing right now is wrong, whether you're right about them being wrong or not, a good lawyer is going to find a way to drag your ass into a courtroom and you're going to end up... And what do people want from celebrities? They don't want them to go to jail. They want to be paid out. And eventually somebody is going to end up paying a large sum of money out over the fact that they called somebody out in the crowd and that person got stomped to death. If you don't think that's... I, dude, I've, I'm seeing this coming down the road from two miles away. I'm telling you, within five years, and I, as a betting man, I would take the under. Some artists will be in a courtroom over the fact that their audience stomped somebody to death over that issue. I guarantee you that's going to happen. We have Candlebox tickets. They're playing January. Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park. We'll send you right now. We'll take caller 20, 1-800-243-7625 on those. And a world-famous tour is calling it quits. We'll get you all caught up next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. On Rock 106.9, we have $1,000 up for grabs here momentarily. 810 is when you'll get your next keyword. You'll text it in. You'll have a bunch of money. Man, that'd be nice. Oh, that would be nice. I just watched some stupid video, and I did it without the sound on um, because, well, my studio sucks, to be honest with you. I don't want to go too far overboard, but it, the studio, as lackluster, is being very nice about it. And um, 
but apparently, dude, you can take 90% of what you're going to make for Thanksgiving dinner, put it in mason jars, and put it in your dishwasher and cook it. I mean, yeah, I think you could, but why on earth would you do that? I'm not sure. I've seen that before. People who are like, oh, you can use your dishwasher to cook. And it's like, why? I know Mythbusters did this, and that's one of the videos I wanted to watch, but I don't know where they came down on it. But th- that was a little interesting. I uh, I cannot wait to avoid everyone on Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. I've told all like the 10 people who will ask me what I'm doing, who feel like they got to like dote over me, like, you can't be alone. I've told them all, I'm going here, I'm going here, I'm going here, I'm going there. Okay. And do your boys not doing nothing. So Stansberry's got the big scam going like, on right three now. three days, just by myself, no cell phone, nobody bothering me, no kids flinging mashed potatoes across the table, nothing. Just, Dude, it's going to be great. I'm going to make dinner at home. It's going to be fantastic. Just Call of Duty and Pornhub. Just getting it no, done. No, I'm going to take a break from both those things on well, Thanksgiving I, Day. Well, but if, if, if you feel like that's so sad, then why isn't being alone sad? And well, because that's what I want. Being alone is what I want. Well, you want Call of Duty and Pornhub, too. All right, I might play Call of Duty. Okay. <laughs> I probably will play Call of Duty. So uh, they made the announcement, I believe this was yesterday, that Warp Tour is going to come to an end uh, after this next year. What and I was like, well, yeah. Oh, I mean, Warp Tour, believe it? Warp Tour started in 1995, right? And so here's a good rule of thumb for you on, on tours and packages, right? If take a person like me who is now old enough to have gone from, oh, my God, I need to get tickets to Warp Tour to... Who the hell's even playing Warp Tour? Yeah, I remember we gave away tickets last year. I didn't know any of those bands. Then it's time for the tour to come to an end. But is it, I mean, honestly, isn't that kind of contrary to like, you're kind of like proving your own point wrong there of like, well, of course, by the time you're 40, you shouldn't know any of the bands on Warp Tour because like, dude, we're for 18 year olds. Like, I don't, I mean, well, yeah, you've, you've left our right. demographic. That makes sense. There, there, there is, there isn't, there is a point there. Um, so I have 1996's lineup, which was the second year, because okay. I don't really want to look at the first year. It takes a tour for about a year to get up, you know, off the ground or whatever, and then you find out like what's going on. And the second year had some stuff on it. 311. Now I'm not the biggest fan, but that's a big band, right? Beck. I was at this tour, by the way. Beck, fantastic. Blink 182, very good. Deftones, awesome. Fishbone. They're not for me, but people make the argument. The Mighty Mighty Boston's pretty damn good. No effects, legendary. Mushroom Head, at least here local, huge. Pennywise, great band. Real Big Fish, I'm not a fan. I can understand their talent. It's not for me. And Unwritten Law, and there's a couple other here's that most people would not know. Like, that's a pretty good tour. Now, I looked up the, the set from last year, and here's the problem. There's 72 stages. Mutant South stage. Full Sail University stage. Hard Rock stage, Skull Candy stage, Journey's Left Foot stage. It's like, well, of course, dude. Like, this thing is filled now with, like, filler. So, like, who wants to go see filler? Yeah, I mean, to go from 15 bands to 150 bands, that's uh, that's the biggest problem I see. You got to reinvent yourself. And, like, it's not like you could run that 1996 lineup out there again and nobody's buying tickets to that. Oh, I disagree. I completely disagree. I think that's what Warp Tour should do for 2020 is go back and get, like, the best of the original two the two shows if you put 311 blink 182 beck deftones no fx and pennywise on a bill i'm telling you people are buying tickets do you think you sell out blossom to that i don't know if you're selling out blossom you may have to change the venues where this stuff happens but welcome to touring and and, and is that because let's be real i mean van's warp tour is van's warp tour and always has been and always is skewing to 
18 to 25 year olds. Yeah, that's it, what it's for. But so I like, mean, so like that's why you can't. That's why you can't like just be like, hey, I play the bands I like. You know, I don't like falling in reverse. But like, dude, eighteen year olds love that. Band. Yeah, that is. You know true. what I'm saying? And I, like, if I were them, I would do one farewell tour before right. it's all said and done with all your heavy hitters from the previous whatever twenty years it's been or whatever. Right, I mean, uh, more, well, more. You look at you look at things like Rock on the Range, and you look at other like touring big things that are successful right now. And the reason they are able to be successful is they cater to their audience really well. So, I mean, I think Vans Warped Tour it was just inevitable. Like at the end of the day, everything ends. You've everything. been a tour since I've been in high school, exactly. So there, there, there was only so long it could go. But I, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm. I, here's what I'm going to say: is like there wasn't any way I was going to go this year anyway. If they put that lineup together, maybe I'm going, but I don't think they care if I'm going. I don't. Well, they care if people are going. Who's buying tickets, I yes. mean, And people aren't going. But, like, but I'm just saying in the sense of, all right, when we make our plan and like we're trying to sell Monster Energy drink, I don't care what a guy in his mid-40s has to say. You know what I'm saying? That like, is a fair point. There, There is truth in there. I would just wring every last dollar out of the product that I could, and I think fair. my idea does that. And I just... People have to realize now that the streaming services and the 9,000 places to get music and everybody can just have their SoundCloud, it's now all left us feeling about music that we hear now like it's not special. Like people knock the radio all they want and you can feel free to knock the radio, the same 20 songs and every like half-ass argument everybody's used against the radio stations. But at the end of the day, what radio did and did a great job of was finding the best of the best and pushing them to the forefront. And that's why you loved everything you heard and that's why everything that came out of the radio that's why they were stars is because it was legitimately called over and figured out is this good enough for everyone there was a system and now with soundcloud like nobody's special like yeah i know guys are selling records out of their trunk faster than they ever did before and all that and that's great and this guy's got a thousand streams and this guy's got this but nobody can fill venues anymore because nobody's a rock star anymore and it's because we have everything at our fingertips so nothing feels special to us anymore we have a thousand dollars you want it here's your keyword right now your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the keyword "bills" to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's bills to two hundred two hundred. Rock one zero six nine. Free show. Rock one zero six nine. And welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Rock one zero six nine. We have Canton Charge tickets, a four pack for their game on the twenty fifth. We'll get you hooked up coming up at around nine thirty. Also, another celebrity calling out Ric Flair over his claims of sleeping with 10,000 women. Something like that, I believe it was. There's a rock star now that's commenting on that. We'll play that audio coming up at 9.30. So I've been sitting on this story for, I think it's been over a week and a half, almost two weeks now. And one of the reasons why I didn't want to do it is because I believe it has unfairly made this a female issue. All right. And I think that this is one of these things that, that I'm willing to bet that when I tell you their reasoning behind what they did... That we, when we read through these reasons, we will find out that this is not a female issue, that this is going to be things that this is why men would do this too. And this article, I think, is unfairly calling women out. And they have here from Men's Health an article about women who have cheated on their husbands and say that they don't regret it. And they give us the reasons why. 
And again, I think that this magazine is making this unfairly a female issue because their magazine is targeted towards men. But if we were to read the, through these, I think this is that this is a human issue, not a female issue. Um, I have not read this article, but I, I, I'm sure that, yes, there's going to be this applies to men, too. But men's health is going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Right. You, can't be, you can't be like, oh, I can't No, they're in their this. lane. Right. They're staying in their lane. Now. Right. All right. Now, a few of these are going to be really easy. One of which, and we'll just disperse with this one fast because I feel like this is, well, of course. She says, I got married way too young. I was 24. It was up to a person I didn't love, but society and my family put huge amounts of pressure on me to tie the knot. And my family told me that I should be focusing on marriage instead of career. My friends were almost all married and had kids. And I'm from the South. It's just what we do. And our marriage, she says here, Sherry does, that it was dead on arrival. And that they clung to one another because they didn't know what else to do. So three years in, she met somebody at work, had an affair, and her husband found out. She doesn't regret it because it was the catalyst that helped them get out of that marriage, and they're both living the lives without one another that they wish that they had been living all along. Okay, so she, that's why she doesn't regret that. That's such a, what do I want to say? It's I just, knew that was going to be on this list. It, it, it's so unlike what my life was. At 24, I didn't feel any pressure. Like I felt no pressure to be married from from my from like my peers. I didn't f- feel any pressure from my family. I didn't feel that. And I guess maybe it's just different cultures and different you know families and different individuals that are wrapped up into these stories. But like I don't know. I, I you know you you're hear, also not a woman. Well, yeah, but I mean I just feel like you hear that and it's just you know it's so it's so unlike what I went through. So it's just like man, that would be a tough position to be in to to be in a relationship, not a relationship, a marriage that you didn't want to be in because other people wanted you to that would suck every woman i know has told me they have felt pressure from family and friends to get married and spit a kid out every woman i know and so like i think it is a different issue for them than it is for us another woman says here i cheated on my husband don't regret it and here's why what goes around comes around i found out my husband was cheating with a neighbor so i cheated back i wanted to hurt him like he hurt me when my husband walked in on us he was shocked i saw him cry but it felt good to get him back for the pain he caused me obviously we ended up getting a divorce now yeah, that's two, the whole two wrongs don't make a right thing comes to mind here, but I understand the human desire. Yeah, I mean, two wrongs aren't going to make a right, but I guess if you've already pulled the trigger and decided, you know what, I'm leaving this a-hole, he did all this to me, I, I can definitely see how you get to that decision because in your mind, the, the marriage is already lost. So whether you sleep with the neighbor or you, 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 know, you just tell him, hey, here's the papers, I don't want to be with you anymore, you've kind of already accepted the fact that this is a dead, you know, dead marriage. My dad throughout his life after being a minister had then went back to college, got his degree and became a couples therapist so he could, you know, he can consult people, you know, on their marriages and the like. Right. And what he would always say about cheating is that a marriage can absolutely move forward after somebody has cheated. However, it is the most difficult thing a marriage will go through, meaning you have to legitimately forgive. When you fight three weeks from now about where the remote is or where the permission slip is, it can't be, well, oh yeah, and you effed Susan. Like, you can't do that. Like, yeah. you gotta you gotta legitimately forgive and move forward. Yeah, once you've made that decision, now... It's easy as, to say, hard to do. As the cheater, I mean, you're gonna have to understand that there is going to be a little bit of something held over you, but if you're doing it like... If, you, if you're doing it like gratuitously if you're making it like every single time something comes up like yo laundry's not done oh and you used to bang your secretary then of course that's going to be a terrible place another woman says here she got tired of being a stay-at-home mom 
who wasn't treated well by her husband. My husband never called me beautiful, practically ignored me. I ended up secretly dating a guy that lived in the neighborhood and was recently divorced. It was my adventure, and it made me feel good about myself. The side guy knew about my husband and didn't care. He wanted a girlfriend without all the attachment that came from it. So it was a mutual agreement. When my husband walked in on us one afternoon, he screamed that he wanted a divorce, and I was okay with that. Charlene, 45 years old. Um, I guess a big part of all this is, is they're all turning into divorces that are okay. So of course you're not going to to regret it at that point you know what i mean like well yeah i mean normally if you've pushed somebody or if somebody feels like they've been pushed and they've gone this far and they're going to step outside the bounds of marriage most of the times it's probably going to mean it's over one woman here says debbie 28 years old says i just like the thrill of it so you don't know what you're missing when the only guy you've slept with is your husband sleeping with other people expanded my horizons in the bedroom i had two affairs in the same year the first one was with a trainer at my at her gym. How stereotypical is that? Ended when he moved. Then the second started only two months after that with a guy at work. He was the IT guy, and we hit it off. One thing led to another. Before I knew it, I was in his bed. That one ended when I quit my job, and I lost the thrill of sneaking around at work. I don't regret it, and my husband still has no idea. Debbie, 28. Um, I, I guess now we're into a different conversation here of, well, first of all, if, if you're marrying the first person you had sex with, I can't be surprised at all that you decided to cheat. You know what I'm saying? I can't be, I can't be, uh, well, of no, course that's going to happen, you know, but, um, when it comes to not telling your husband and you've made this decision and you've done it and now it's just like, well, he doesn't know and he's never going to know because you know, it's all behind you. Now that's. I, I guess a little bit more surprising to me that, you know, you don't feel some sort of regret. The worst one on the list, I say for last, and I hear this a lot, and this is what makes me tell you that this is not a female issue, that this is a human issue, because I've heard a thousand guys I know who were married use this justification, and that's what human beings do. You will justify in your mind the bad behavior you oh, want yeah. to be a part of. Oh, yeah. And this woman says, I don't regret cheating because I didn't love the person I cheated with. I slept with a guy I met one night out at a club in Miami when I was celebrating with, for a girlfriend's birthday. In my eyes, it's not a big deal. There was no emotional connection. It's just sex. If I loved him, then I'm cheating. I've been married for four years, and I truly love my husband. I don't plan on telling him because I don't want to ruin our marriage over a person I don't care about at all. If it really didn't matter, then why wouldn't you tell? Well, him? not only that, I mean, you're skipping over the fact that your husband will care about this person. You don't have to emotionally love that person for it to be cheating. Your husband is going to care about the fact that you had a connection with somebody, albeit especially a man. If you tell a man that your connection to somebody else is not romantic and it's purely sexual, let me just tell you what a guy is going to hear. That he's not good enough in bed, so you went and found somebody who was. That whether that's what you're saying or not, that's what a man will hear. It if if, if you're gonna live by this, then you have to allow your partner to live by this. I mean, that's the kind of like all right. At that point, open it up, and you both just sleep with people. Don't tell each other, and it's you don't you're not in a relationship. You just sleep around. Right. That would be the conversation to have because if it truly didn't matter, you you would have nothing to hide. That's where I my, would agree. That's where I stand on cheating, and kind of like my whole take on it is that like once I get into behavior that I'm hiding from my girlfriend, that is at least on some level. Now it's not it's always necessarily like oh you had sex with somebody so if you had text messages on your phone you didn't want her to read you consider yourself to be entering the cheating arena yes I, at least cheating adjacent at least in that ballpark dude yeah anything i'd be afraid to show my girlfriend 
I probably shouldn't be doing. Right. I mean, that's the whole thing is like you're in a partnership with that person. And now that's not to say that like there's no boundaries. I mean, I don't want my girlfriend walking in on me pooping. But at the same time, like if if my girlfriend asked me right now, like, let me have your phone. Go ahead, dude. You would switch phones with your girlfriend for two days, right? And and no problem. And I would I would not worry anything that she found in. Now, listen, she would go back. If you go back far enough, if you go five years back, if you go six years back, if you go 10 years back, then, dude, you're getting all sorts of gross sex stuff. Well, yeah, but But, I mean, come on. In the past past three years that we've been together in a committed relationship, I would let her go through my email, my phone, my my Facebook, my Twitter. Like, well, she's at home doing it. So (laughs) so good. So good for you. Here's here's what I here's what I um, I I can tell you, being in relationships and have cheated and then in relationships where I did not. When you cheat, all you do is worry. Painstakingly, yes. like, am I going to get caught? Is she going to see this? Am I going to am I going to use the wrong name? This and that. When you're in a relationship and you're and you're on the up and up, you almost want her to grab the phone. Right, like sir. you're like, bitch, grab that phone and look through it because I haven't done anything. And guys will want to victory lap it. I'm uh, I'm being asked a question about this cheating issue and ethically what's going on with it. I'm butting up against the clock, so we'll rejoin. This guy wants to know if I know couples that are cheating on one another. Do you tell the other person? I've actually addressed this on the show before. I believe I have the best system in the world for this, and we'll get you caught up next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here. When you're talking firearms, what you need most is knowledge, safety, and training, and you can get all of that at North Canton's newest and best indoor firing range. That's Great American Shooting Sports. You can find them on Promler Street Northwest, just right across Interstate 77 there, and also at their new website, Great American Shooting Sports. Great American Shooting Sports offers you beginner firearm classes, CCW classes, and advanced tactical classes as well. Get all the info you need at greatamericanshootingsports.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Fourth pack of tickets for the Canton Charge game on the 25th. The draft's around 9.30. Before the break, we were talking about this article that I read in Men's Health where like these six women came forward and said, yeah, dude, I totally cheated on my husband. I don't regret it, and here's why. And I had set up the whole thing by saying, I don't really think these were female reasons. I think this is humankind. This is human being stuff here. They were talking about being bored in the relationship, getting married a little too young. Somebody had been cheated on and felt like, you know, you know that they wanted to do, you know, the same thing back to that person. And that all feels very much human to me. I don't think there's a female issue in that at all. You know, it wasn't on there, and I'm a little bit surprised. Um... That it reignited the spark. That I went out, I cheated, I dis- I was like, oh you my do god, hear this, that is, a lot. this is terrible, this was awful, why did I do this? I'm never telling my husband about this, but I'm going to go home, I'm going to appreciate Now him. I appreciate that person more than I ever right. have. That You do hear that one a lot, I'm you're su- right. I'm surprised because it, you, you hear it a lot, and... I don't want to say like that almost seems like the most noble way for it to all go down, but like there is a little bit of like, well, maybe that is what it takes sometimes is you do have to hit that rock bottom or you do have to do that thing you never thought you were going to do. And all of a sudden it's like, man, I got to get my life together. Yeah, sometimes that does have to happen. I would hope that that does not have to happen in my marriage. I would hope so. So somebody wrote in and asked me this question via Twitter. It says, I have a question for you. Have you ever known a couple where you knew one was cheating on the other and he or she did doesn't know? What do you do in that situation? Do you tell somebody? And so I have discussed this on the program uh, in the past. And I have a very simple system on this. Right. And I have told every guy that I've been really good friends with this my entire life. I will not rat you out for doing something. It's not my job to interject trouble into your relationship, right? That's not my job. It's up to the two people in the relationship 
to know what's going on in their relationship. It's on you to know what the warning signs are, to look for it, to, to, to be, you know, to, to constantly do the work that a real relationship takes to ward this stuff off. Okay. But what I have then said to those same friends in kind is if you live your life in an irresponsible manner and I have to answer for it, I am telling the truth. Not lying for you. Meaning if, right, if your girlfriend suspects you or she catches something and she comes to me and asks me and I full on know it to be true, I'm telling her the truth. No matter who that girlfriend is, no matter who that, I mean, and maybe whoever that significant other is, like, okay, you've been friends with this dude for the past yes. 30 years and I'm, I, I'm this is some chick you hate and you're still telling if, the truth. If, if I've been friends with you for 30 years, you know what that tells me? You're old enough not to live your life that way. And so it's not my fault. It's your fault. And how about if I've been friends with you for 30 years, you're also old enough to where if you're in a relationship that you're unhappy in, that you should be old enough to get out of it. Be a grown up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, yes. If you are cheating on your significant other, dude, take some accountability for your life and, and divorce her and, and, and deal with the consequences of that. Because, yes, that's 100 percent what adults should do I in that situation. I am kind of one of these guys where when my buddies screw up in relationships, it's my house where they come stay. Right. It's right. like when they get thrown out, oh, yeah. it's like, oh, I'll go stay at Sansbury's couch for like a week. You, whatever. Right. you know what I mean? I'll be fine. And so in turn, when dudes are out doing things that they shouldn't be doing, my door gets knocked on a lot. Like, yo, where's my boyfriend at right now? Uh, I don't know. And if I do know now, I just dude. I, and every guy that's friends with me knows I will not rat you out. I won't go out of my way to get you in trouble, but I'm in my 40s. And I don't want to be involved in your drama. Yeah. And so the quickest way for yeah. me to get out is to, is for truth. her to know the truth and take that anger where it should go, which is on your doorstep, not mine. With most things, I know you apply the logic of sunlight is the best disinfectant, and you got to put things out there. Most if you things. Want to. Um, I, 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 I take your point, and I just don't know if I w- am able to say that I would, you know, undeniably like live up to that because I feel like circumstance is going to play a big part of it. I want to say like, well, no, of course I'm going to not lie for you if you're a cheater because I do. It's morally a wrong thing to do. So like you- it's. But if like, you think there's more nuance in this, there is. I think if it's like okay. I said, if, if I've been friends with this guy for 25 years and this chick is just, you know, his wife is just some chick to me, like nobody that I know, nobody that and she comes. To me, I, I mean, I don't want to say that I'm going to lie for him, but like, I don't know what I would do in that situation. I don't, you know, would I change my behavior if I felt like no matter what he was doing, he was still going to be better off without that person in his life? Maybe. You know? Although, isn't telling her going to remove him from that person faster? I, yes, probably. I, I, I mean, like I said, I just, I, 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 I think there's nuance here. I think there's, there's circumstance, and, and it's that may be true. There's going to be a difference between like, all right, me and my one buddy were going out, and he's just like, you know, banging every whore that he possibly can. That's going to be different than I know he cheated one time, regretted it, and didn't, you know. So and, you're gonna weigh, you're gonna weigh the scenario. I, I think so. Okay, let me tell you who makes the exception list. And I think most people are going to be shocked by this, but you would make my exception list because you and I are tied to each other in a professional manner. I would probably lie for you before I would lie for anybody else. And luckily, I don't have to. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, sweetheart, I'm sure you're listening right now and that is not the case. But the thing is between you and I and like 
Stansberry and I are friends. There's no question about it. Like I view you as like a good friend in my life, but we have a partnership before we have a friendship. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, and it has to be it has to be handled that way. Right. And there's there's otherwise things go off the rails. There's something about what me and you have that's different than what me and my friends have. That is true. There is no total truth in that. I'm being asked again now to clarify. How about in laws with a one year old and twelve once twelve weeks pregnant if she asks you? Again, if she asks you and you have the information, I'm telling her. Because honest. at the end of the day, right. Are you lying about, okay, and this is a hypothetical, but like, all right, your girl, your your boyfriend or your, your friend's wife doesn't want him out there doing drugs. But okay. one night you guys have a bender and you guys, you know, ride the rails. And all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden. Am I telling her that? She comes out and says, Stansberry, I know he was blowing coke lines at, at you know, at the strip club the other night and blah, 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 blah. Are you narking him out on that? I must have been in the bathroom during that. <laughs> in the I don't, bathroom, what were you doing in there? I, uh, I, in the bathroom with him, good lord. I was in a separate stall. <laughs> I never saw any of that. I don't know what you're talking about. We were at church. He's a he's a deacon, for Christ's sake, is who, the, is who your husband is. He's the deacon. We have $1,000. You'll have it. 910 on Rock 106.9. 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for WRQK.com. We have another thousand dollars up for grabs here momentarily. Nine ten next keyword. You're gonna text it in, you'll have a bunch of money set aside for the holiday. I think I if my math is right, somebody told me today it's thirty-nine days till Christmas. Jeez, dude. Is that right? Does that sound right? Um honestly, if it's right or wrong, I can guarantee you you and I have two page well. Yeah, two paychecks until Christmas. We got paid yesterday, so we get paid on the last day of the month, and then we get paid on the fifteenth again. And then Bro, you it's almost the had to dump out there, man. I mean, I, uh, I, uh, and and not in the bathroom. Two, <laughs> two paychecks left on that one, bro. Like you're going, you're going to Vegas on two paychecks. I don't know what your finances are right now. It's not a Dan and I are sitting around like, mm. hey, here's your money, here's my money. But like, I mean, it ain't good. <laughs> it, it, ain't, ain't good. it ain't good, dude. You better hit the agora up. You better, you better no, I've, dude, I've only, I'm only working there. Dude, I've already worked the one show I was scheduled to work in, in all of November. I might be able to get you hooked up with the Christmas bar or something, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to think about that anymore. I, uh, I, I, I really don't. I, uh, I just want to be able to spoil the crap out of my niece, and I feel like I should be able to, and I'm not going to be able to, and it's going to bum me out. Anyway. Uh, you know who did have some good fortune? Ooh. Not you, not me. Okay. But Indians ace, Corey Kluber. Yeah. Won a second American League Cy Young Award. He pick up he picked up his second career Cy Young. This was Wednesday, earning twenty-eight out of the thirty first place votes. Wow. wow. The thirty-one year old right hander led the American League in wins, eighteen, had an ERA of two point two five. And despite spending a month on the disabled list, Kluber threw more than 203 innings as he went at least six full innings and 25 of his 29 starts this season. Wow. Mr. Dependable. He also tied for the major league lead with five complete games this season. Availability is going to be a huge part of an athlete's career. Being a, Dependability, being available, not being, you know what I mean? That's going to, be, that's going to weigh in. After a May 2nd outing, however, in which he lasted just three innings, Kluber's ERA stood at 5.06. Wow. He came back. He was lights out, Fantone, going 15-2 from his June 1st return until the end of the regular season. Yeah, he was lights out the tail end of that season. Now, I saw this on Facebook earlier, and I wish I had the guy's name um, because I'd like to give him credit for it. But he says, I got to tell you, man, I just kind of feel like Verlander got screwed. I'm an Indians fan. 
But Verlander went 11 and 1 in his last like 12 starts or whatever it was, and he showed up in the postseason and pitched great. And a lot of people were unhappy with the way Kluber pitched in the postseason. And there's an argument there. Although if I'm if I have my facts correct, I believe just like the NBA MVP, it is a regular season award. Is it not? As far as I know, correct. Yes. And so the, therefore, I don't know if I can't weigh Verlander's postseason into it. Then it's a regular season award, right? And I mean, and if, so, if those are the criteria, then obviously Corey right. Kluber is the guy that deserves. If that. you want to change the criteria for the award, and that's the conversation you want to have, I would listen to that. But as it stands right now, I think you gotta have to give it to Corey Kluber. Now, maybe I'm looking at that through, you know, Indians colored glasses because right. I'm a fan. Um, You know, I, I, I guess there's always going to be room for debate on like, well, who should have been the MVP? And oh, well, this, you know, you got to factor in yeah, this. Yeah, thank God for sports. Um, but at the end of the day, dude, I mean, I know it was frustrating in that second half of that Yankee series where it was like, dude, we're up to nothing. feel like everything's going good, dude. And yeah, it's going to be World Series bound team of destiny. It's our year. And then boom, got shut down real quick. Um, two things that kind of became very clear to me in that. Number one, cham- championship runs are very special. Championships are even more so. So like, there's a little bit of like, don't just think that because your team did it last year, all of a sudden it's going to be like, guaranteed, going to happen again. Not in baseball. I mean, it's one of the hardest sports in the world to repeat in and, and to be good in again. I just feel like in anything. And it, but but and as far as like the frustration went and the disappointment went and the you know, man, the sucks went like, dude. Since since Terry Francona has became the the Indians general manager or the manager, they have not had a losing season. Like the Indians won 102 games this past season, dude. It's awesome, uh, dude. Uh, you got a, a a a Corey Kluber in in uh, you know in a Cy Young Award winning conversation time and time again. Um, Antonetti was named the uh, was named the manager of the year, like I, I, or not the manager, the general manager of the year. And it's just like God, God, if you can't appreciate what's happening in front of you with the Indians right now, I almost feel like you don't deserve that. Well, World I said you don't. I said when they lost this, you know, in the playoffs, I said you know people are calling for Francona's head, and and I'm not a coach fire. Like I try not to be the guy that's like fire the coach because I just think that that's lazy sports fans that think oh well this is obviously the fix right. And my thing was on Francona was this: tell me what the plan is. You show me the manager that's going to be better than Francona. I'll take Francona in playoffs and early exits from the playoffs versus some up-and-coming manager in obscurity every day of the week. I'll take Francona over that every single day of the week. Luckily, the Indians are constructed right now, and they're going to be able to be contenders and win the Central for the next hopefully year or two Let's hope. and they'll be in that position and like dude if you can't if you can't enjoy this ride what ride are you going to enjoy I mean right now if your football team oh was God. even no I'm saying listen to me if you were even serviceable on Sundays you got a great baseball team you got a pretty damn good basketball team and you would have a serviceable f- football team and then all of a sudden now we wouldn't feel like like the state of losers like you know what I mean cuz all three things would be headed in the right direction if you're defining your self esteem off of the Cleveland Browns good guy Good God. Sorry, Dustin. We have $1,000 up for grabs. Your next keywords, momentarily. There's a story. I I don't have time to get into it, but I want you to head over to Facebook.com slash Stansbury Show. There's a local artist that painted the side of his building and put a penis in the picture, and the, the local government is losing their minds. You should see that story. It's online for you right now. Facebook.com slash Stansbury Show. Your shot at $1,000 is right now. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Sandbury Show. Still to come, a four-pack of tickets for the Cam Charter game. 
They're playing on the 25th, and you'll be in the building. We'll pass this out to end the program. Shout, oh, I was going to say, shout out to everybody at the charge game last night. Yeah, it was awesome. very included. Um, just so many people that listen to the program on a daily basis. Thank you, guys. Uh, appreciate the support on both levels there. No, I'm not doing it. I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. It was fun last night, though. I had a good time. There was a lot of good scenery in there last night. And I don't know if it's like... Because... I don't know. This is pretty bad about me, I guess. But, like, I kept seeing moms, like, taking their young sons to the, the arena. And I thought to myself, well, I mean, it's sports. So it's not like the dad didn't want to go. So, like, is this, like, single mom single just mom taking her kid to the, you know, to the game? Because, I mean, dude, this is a small... I probably shouldn't. But... There was a woman sitting courtside, right. like legitimate courtside, right. a brunette with a young boy with her. And I like all night long, I was like, kept looking over there. I was like, all right, eventually the husband's coming back from the bathroom or f- with a beer. Right. And he never did. And I was like, man, I kind of like to know that person. Well, I mean, dude, hey, the, uh, you know, the world is your oyster, the Canton Civic Center, a, uh, you know, essentially Sandsbury's new Tinder, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that should be my Tinder. That should absolutely be my Tinder. Maybe that's what I'll do. She was cute though. There was a there was a bunch of them in there last night. I was actually shocked. It was an attractive night last night. It was Ohio, You're beautiful. Marilyn Manson's beautiful people. It was actually written about you, Ken. Is that right? That is, is that the way that goes that down? Is. So you've been a little bit busy lately with the charge, and uh, you're going to start bartending at uh, that Christmas bar, which Indeed. is next to TD's on Tusk. Yes, um, and actually, if you uh, if you are a uh, oh, a subscriber to the Canton Repository uh, today, featured in the ticket is oh your boy. God. Of course, you are. Is is your boy? And I've got. I have not. Seen when it are yet. you going? When are the accusations from Matt Fantone <laughs> on Dan Kane coming out? This is uh, I don't know the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, twentieth time I've been in the ticket. I'm very yeah. Very excited to be in it once again. Go pick up a copy of the repository, man. Dan, at some point, you're not a reporter. You're a stalker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, like, come on, buddy. Just a little couple of friendly jabs there. That's cool. But you've been very busy. I have. And it's leaving me unhappy because I wanted to live through you or at least find out from you. Okay. How the Ric Flair 30 for 30 has been, and you have not seen the Ric Flair 30 for 30. I am so far behind on like television programming. Like, I haven't watched that Ric Flair 30 for 30. I haven't watched like actual wrestling in like two weeks. I feel like I haven't watched a Cavs game in forever. Yeah, dude, I, I, I have not, I have not watched it. And th- that kind of bumps me out. Oh, yeah, as a cord cutter, you don't have access. I to don't it have yet. access to the 30 for 30. I would say I'm sure if you went and, you know, illegally streamed it, you don't want to do it. All right. I want, I want the fine people okay. at ESPN not to have to fire half their staff. Okay. Because I'm stealing things. Okay. That's so I, I, you know, I'm trying not to do that. But I've been leaning on you, or I wanted to lean on you for information from the Ric Flair 30 for 30 because I've been wanting to see it. As I'm not a huge wrestling fan myself, I understand his celebrity and his popularity, and I kind of wanted to watch it. I bet he was an interesting figure. Oh, no question about it. He lived quite a life. Right. As a matter of fact, once upon a time, I believe we had the audio of him saying that he had slept with 10,000 women. Correct. Talking about, I, I mean, and not just ten thousand women. He said he banged Halle Berry, and you know, just a ton of sexual, oh, yeah. a ton of sexual conquests that I feel like are debatable. And was it Ron Jeremy had yep. come out and said, "There's no possible way." Look, you can tell I'm telling the truth about my sex. It all took place on camera, right. but there's no possible way. And Ron Jeremy actually went so far as like to do the math, 
Like you broke it down X amount of years, how many partners it would have had to have been. I don't remember the daily counts. I, I, I did at least somewhat of a rundown of it. And if you're saying 10,000 women and it's Ric Flair is 68 right now. So let's say it started at 20, but the last eight years probably don't count because you're 60. So you're probably not banging as much. I think he's been married to. So we'll say 40 good years there. Of, well, plus you got to count her as one person, right? Right, 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 right. So we'll say 40 years there of, of sexual, you know, conquest. I think it would boil down to every 36 hours you would have sex with another partner. Yeah, that's ne- nobody. You're not doing that. It's like 200 plus a year. So that would be like every day, day and a half. You're, you know, sleeping with somebody. new. Now, we hinted at this earlier this morning and a guy said to me on Twitter, you're mistaking how popular Ric Flair was in the southeast. And how popular he was back then. Yeah, I mean, he was, dude. And you got to think, too, that was true celebrity days. It wasn't like today. It wasn't like nowadays, even though it's not like it's hard for a celebrity to get laid. But, like, still, I mean, that was when celebrity was celebrity. And he probably. You had to have something. He right. probably he probably did tear through Georgia. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, don't, I don't doubt that. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. It's just 10,000 sounds like a lot. <sighs> Now, we're all looking at it from the perspective of, all right, a new partner every 36 hours. But if you had a, a reverse gangbang, I believe they're called, um, if you had a situation like that where you had, you had sex with four or five women in one night, you know what I'm saying? Well, how many now, of those are you having? Well, but now, I mean, if you're pulling one of those a month, you're at least skewing the numbers a little bit there. At least you're getting into a territory where it's like, well, is that feasible? Dude, I got to tell you. At my age, even walking into a bedroom when there's four women who want to bang you, dude, you might as well give me common core math. I'd be like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I have no idea. I'd just be sitting in the corner sweating, going, I know I should be able to make that add up, but I can't. I like how when it comes to numbers, I have zero perspective on my finances or like, you know, how anything else works. But I'm like, no, but, the reverse gangbang. Yeah, that's only going to work out. No, you put math in a horse per minute, and all of a sudden, Fantone's like, a, you know, a beautiful mind. But another celebrity has come forward expressing concerns over the fact that Ric Flair is lying. And this time, again, another celebrity that I'm imagining has had plenty of sex. This is frontman of Aerosmith, Steven Tyler, addressing Ric Flair. Brother, how you doing? Ric Flair, you know the wrestler? Just came out and said that he slept with 10,000 women during his wrestling career. Who? Ric Flair. Oh, I got him so beat. You really? What's what's what's? You got twenty thousand beat? Rock stars. We don't push ourselves. Really? Do you know? Do you have a number? Do you know your number? No. No. I was too busy getting high. True. So you think it's possible to sleep with 188 women per year, 3.6 a week plus? Plus, he said he. James Simmons. He said he. He's asking. He said he also, you know, like. He also pleasured himself twice a day during that, his career. Pleasured himself? In addition to that. Wow, man. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, Ric Flair says he named his penis Space Mountain. Do you have a name you know for yours? That's full of <laughs> So there's Steven Tyler. And you can hear he's, uh, I mean, they caught him outside the airport. A little busy sound there from TMZ Sports. But um, you could hear the suspicion in his voice on it. And I just, I don't buy it. I, I don't buy it. I believe all of these guys are celebrities from an era where machismo mattered and sleeping with women, you were a conqueror and you were cool. But I mean, what is a reasonable number then? 5,000? 
Because that, I mean, you're cutting that in half, so that turns into like uh, two partners a week, and I feel like that's a very obtainable number for a celebrity from that. Oh, era. two partners a week for a celebrity is probably not crazy. So, and I mean, you got to think too, like uh, pro wrestling is definitely one of those things that keeps you moving town to town to town to town. There is no off season. You're not recording a record ever where you're, you know, you're staying, ho- you know, you're staying home for a year working on the record. You're constantly out on the road. Every single night is a new town. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, I did. All right. So I did stand out. I mean, I have been backstage at plenty of shows. I've been on buses of plenty of bands. I've seen a lot of stuff. Right. And there was a time where I was standing outside of a tour bus waiting for a meet and greet. And that you just every like 10, 15 minutes, you just saw another girl walk out from the back of the bus and just smiling ear to ear. And apparently Mark McGrath was just in the back of the bus, just tearing through it. And they said, dude, like he was like his lust for vagina was insatiable. Now, but he, as we're men, and we all understand that there's going to be a recovery process after you reach the top of the mountain. There, uh, I mean, not now, Viagra. Yeah but, yeah, but I mean, like, is that is that what you're doing? And, and Ric Flair did not have that option 50 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like that wasn't the Viagra, was it? Yeah, that's true. There. That's true. So, like, are we counting? Like I said, if you have multiple partners in one night, like what are you doing? You're having sex with them, not achieving orgasm, t- throwing them away, and then bringing another one in. And well, that's still technically sex. Yo, it, it is 100%. Once you penetrate, that's sex. But it's it just, I, it, that becomes less reasonable to me. That becomes less feasible that like, you, you know, yes, some women, I guess, would be okay with that. But I feel like. Let me tell you what I think happens. And this is why I don't buy 10,000. Is that I think like, and again, you and I have had a little bit of this, Right. What happens is, is when you first realize, like, oh, my God, I can use this position to get laid. What you do is you go overboard and you dive in the pool and it's just girl after girl after girl, like right away. And then like anything else, you kind of get sick of it. And then it becomes like, "Ah, you know, I don't even want to do this. And so you then you end up taking months off. Month here, month there, a couple of weeks here, a couple of weeks there. I don't buy the, well, then I just, I made up for it by sleeping with 10 in a day. Like, I'm not buying it. I, 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 I see it from our perspective, but our perspective is not true celebrity. You know what I mean? That's fair. Like, and I will admit, like, the, the, like those guys and the ability to, to, like, tell 10s no is unreal. Oh, like, I mean, good for, you know, good for them and good I remember, for what you accomplished I remember when Bill Burr had, like, his whole bit on Tiger Woods. And people were like, he's so disgusting. Disgusting, and he's like, you have no idea what it's like to be famous on that level. He's like, I play golf. And there's not like a busload of Scandinavian whores right. waiting to bang me when I get off the course. That's not what happens. Um, it's just worth noting as we're talking about Steven Tyler. Um, boy, oh boy, oh boy, was it a different era. As we sit here and look at Roy Moore for banging 14-year-olds and how inappropriate it is, I guarantee you loving an elevator or ragdoll or something like that's coming up soon on Rock 106.9, and all of a sudden it's like, nope, 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 doesn't matter. Who cares? It was 14. She was 14. He was 13. 32, who cares? And it's like, why? why all right, you do, why? The, you do this to me all the time, so let me ask you. Okay. We shouldn't have a different standard for our politicians versus our rock stars? Um, everyone, regardless what you are, the standard of being a sexual predator exists. I agree, but should what, what I'm saying is, is maybe we don't remove people from their positions in entertainment versus public leaders that can make laws? Um, yeah, I'm playing devil's high, advocate. Higher here. standard, sure, but there is still a standard not to be a sexual predator. I don't care if you front a rock band. I don't care if you're running for president. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I don't care if you work at a gas station. It, not being a sexual predator is something... It, don't touch other people that don't want to yeah, be touched. That's, that's a line I think we should all have to follow. It's pretty much that simple.
It is pretty much that simple. I'm not buying 10,000 women, though. Fair. That, that, that one, I'm not. Four tickets for the Can Charge game on the 25th are up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. We have four pack of tickets for the Can Charge game on the 25th. Momentarily, we'll pass those out. 1-800-243-7625. The number you will need. If you missed anything from this morning, you can podcast it shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com, where I had kind of opened up the dialogue this morning about the fact that maybe I would like to try deer hunting. Oh, jeez, dude. <laughs> God. In Phantom. That was like first thing out of the gate this uh, morning. Forgot about that. And uh, if Phantom shot holes in my boat. <laughs> well, there was a lot of there was there was there was a lot of ammo in my gun there, dude. You'd be a terrible, I mean awful, atrocious are sh- hunter. Are we sure I'd be bad at this? Yes, 100%, dude. What makes you positive of that? Because I, you are who you are. What are you going to do? You're going to you're going to like, like I think it was Jay White that treat, tweeted in and you are going to lose your mind screaming at deer 3 hours into it. 3 hours into it and you haven't seen a deer, you're going to lose oh, it. I'll take the hunter. And then every hunter around you is going to start firing off shots at you. Yeah, that's a fair point. That is, dude. What are you going to do? You're going to sit up there? You're not going to... What are you going to... There's going to be no snacks? There's going to be no pizza? There's going to be no meatball sub up yeah, there for I you? I got to tell you, the sitting around, which, which, by the way, like, the amount of sitting around that goes into what people consider to be, like, the country activities. Right. Like, the fishing. Right. Sitting. Like doing the, nothing. Like, the sitting around. Like, that's the part that, that would get to me. Camping. Sitting around. Doing nothing. That's all you do. Yeah, the doing nothing I have a hard time with. Sitting around doing nothing. Here's what I'll say to you, dude. Let's not even go, go. Let's not even go full throttle Fred Bear yet. Let's let's just do a let's do a trial run on this. Instead of a gun, let's get you a slingshot, and we'll try to have you scare an animal because that's the thing. Is Stansberry's a little little worried there about killing the animal there. I got yeah. I'll be honest with you. I think that's what it all comes down to. I think I'm six hours in. I got deer six. urine. I got six. deer urine dripping down the sleeves of my mossy oak, and there one. Comes Comes right across the field. There's the mist across the tops of the thing. There he is, right standing there. Okay. Even turn around looking at me, and then I'm gonna look at him and be like, "But I don't want to kill it." Like that's, I guarantee you, that's what would happen. So that's what I'm saying is, let's give it a trial, a scare, and all you've got to do is sit there and be able to hit a deer in the general vicinity with a rock, and you're not gonna be able to do that, dude. That an sounds hour, mean. an hour into it. What, what do you want? Rather kill it? <laughs> what do you rather kill it? So like, no, of course it's. I mean, I mean, you, that even sounds mean. So yes, dude, you are not. I, I, I'm sorry, dude. You are a lot of things in life, and I have admiration and respect for you. But at the same time, dude, a hunter, you are not, my friend. You well, are not. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this is true. <laughs> I don't like being told I can't do things. I don't like that. And I gotta be honest with you. I have no idea where this came from. My dad, his entire life, was a deer hunter. I never wanted to go. But somewhere over like the last two weeks, I've been seeing. It's actually, dude. It's one listener. Mm-hmm. His name's Dale. Mm-hmm. I'll just give you his whole Dale McConnell, and he's always on me about how I need to do more stuff like this. And so, like a week ago, there he is. He's posting pictures of himself, and I was like, "This dude's like 10, 15 years younger than me, and he's more of a man than I am." And I felt threatened, and I didn't like it. And I was like, "Maybe I want to sit in a tree and not do anything for twelve hours." Well, right. When they post those pictures, and like, I'm okay with that. You know, it's not like, "Oh, dude, you're a hunter. You shouldn't be you Instagramming." But like, they've got that sweet mask on. They've got a weapon right next to him. It does. It looks badass, dude. I'll tell that doesn't mean you're capable of doing it. I'll tell you the part I would not be great at. Any of it? <laughs> yeah, so, so far that's all we've covered is things I would not be great at. But hanging it upside down, taking the buck knife out, and slitting it all the way down its body to like drain it, 
I don't know if I could do that. And that's part of the game, dude. Much like the uh, like cutting through it. I'm not sure I could do that. Much like you know the Native Americans of years past, dude. You got to use the entire body. You can't just like go out there, kill it, and leave it there dying. Nose to tail. Yeah. You got to haul that son of a bitch back. You got to throw that boy. Well, you not throw that boy on the top of the Wakeham ride, dude. What are you doing, that? What are you doing that? Well, dude, I'm willing to bet Craig Wakeham would give me a Ford F-150. Stansberry, he won't eat in his ride, but now all of a sudden he's just gonna throw Bambi up on top of it. What? I, I'm telling you. I'll go to Wakeham Ford and be like, dude, let me borrow an F-150 for the week. I bet Craig would help me out. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be great at this. I do know you are not going to be great at I this. bet I quit. Honestly, this is so depressing. But I, I bet I quit climbing the tree. Like I bet, like even, just like all right, f it. Is there an Xbox version of this? I'll play Cabela's Big Hunter. Let, let's go. Let's go to the arcade. All right, yeah, probably not going to be great at that. God damn you, people on Facebook and your pictures of doing manly things that I wish I had, was man enough to do. I got to tell you what I'm going to do all afternoon. What's that? I'm going to Google penis extension surgery, <laughs> and then I'm going to end up going out and buying a bow. That's what's happening. We have a four-pack of tickets for the Can't Charge game on the 25th. Let's pass these out. I'll take caller 17 right now, 1-800-243-7625. Aside from that, we are obviously well past done this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, as your next opportunity, $1,000, 1010, she'll give you that. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. or Rock 106.9. Have a great day. See you. Fred Bear, I'm glad to-